With over 30 years in business and a satisfaction guarantee, you can trust Psychic Source to guide you through life. Our experienced advisors can help with love, career, life destiny, healing, or any question you may have. Each reading is completely private and confidential, whether you choose to talk over the phone or through chat. First-time users can talk for as low as 83 cents per minute. Call 800-551-3400 and use promo code TRUST to save on a reading today. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a special edition of Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast. I am so pleased to have as my guest today, Dr. Gleb Sapersky. Known as the disaster avoidance expert, Gleb protects leaders from disasters by developing the most effective decision-making strategies via his consulting, coaching, and training firm, Disaster Avoidance Experts. A cognitive neuroscientist and behavioral economist, Dr. Sapersky writes for Inc., Time, and CNBC. A best-selling author, his new book is Never Go With Your Gut, How Pioneering Leaders Make the Best Decisions and Avoid Business Disasters. And we are going to be talking with Gleb today about uh, disaster avoidance in um, this period of this coronavirus situation and decisions that leaders are making and, and whatnot. So uh, thanks so much for joining me today, Gleb. You're very welcome, Diane. It's a pleasure to be here and it is a difficult time indeed. It truly is. And I feel like one of the biggest problems that people are having is all of the uncertainty around mm. you know what to expect yeah. and they've got anticipatory anxiety and um so if you would uh talk with me some about how how you've seen this roll out how you've seen uh some of the decision making and uh, what you think is really sort of the best course of action for businesses mm -hmm. who are in the middle of all of this I've seen some terrible decision making. I'm just going to be upfront about it. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's okay. Sorry I agree. Or uh, a lot of folks, but I've seen some horrible decision making going on right now. Uh, 
and you know not to get into politics but it's been at all level of the country it's not only businesses it's you know the administration from the federal level to the local levels to the state levels some really i mean uh just in the news recently was the oklahoma governor who was going out to eat in a restaurant and telling his friends and family you know hey everyone go out bring you out your friends and family Whereas the presidential administration said, you know, you shouldn't congregate in groups of more than 10 people. And uh, yeah, anyway, so political leadership is uh, failing in many ways. Yeah. But so are businesses. And here's what I've seen that has gone badly, badly, badly wrong for businesses. What they've been doing really wrong is following some of the really misguided advice of the CDC. I have to slam the central disease, uh, the CDC, which is the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Their guidelines are way off base. So if you look at their guidelines, and we're talking here, this is uh, mid-March, uh, when we're talking about the guidelines, their advice for companies are you need to cross-train employees in case some get sick. You need to prepare for event cancellations encourage employees who are sick to stay at home, perform additional cleaning, make a disease outbreak response plan in case there's an outbreak in your area. Now, that's the advice for companies. I mean, their advice for people is kind of similar to prepare for being out of commission for a couple of weeks if you get sick, stuck up on daily consumables for a couple of weeks if you get sick, have various contingencies in case of work closures, school closures. For both businesses and households, this is horribly inadequate advice from the CDC. So this is really bad and a lot of businesses are unfortunately following it. And this is very dangerous from a business perspective for following it and for households. Why? Well, let's take a look at the facts of COVID-19. It's super contagious, very highly contagious. Every person on average infects three, at least three people, you know, more you know, three to five people is the average infection rate. And the infection doubles every week, even less four to six days, depending on the study. It survives on most surfaces for anywhere from a few hours to a few days. It's much more deadly than the flu, especially for older people and those with underlying conditions. Those older than 50 have a fatality rate of over 6%, you know? So, right, there, there's been a lot of people saying, you know, don't visit your elderly relatives. That's all, you, you shouldn't visit your elderly relatives. You don't want to kill grandma. <laughs> but <laughs> this is not simply about elderly people. This is for older adults, people over 50. The older you are, the more deadly it is. But overall, the, uh, the fatality rate for people over 50 is over 6%. So not good. <laughs> we wow. won't have a vaccine until the end of 2021 if things go perfectly. And of course, it will take some time for us to then mass produce it, maybe another year. But if things don't go perfectly, we won't have a vaccine until you know 2023, maybe. And then we'll take another year to mass produce it. And if we get unlucky with the vaccine, it will be only as effective as the flu vaccine, which only reduces the chance of an illness by about 50% and lasts for only a few months. So this Jeez. is not a good situation. And businesses that only prepare for a short-term disruption, as the CDC is advising, and households that prepare for a short-term disruption are going to be kind of screwed. I'm sorry to hear it say that, but that's that's what's going to happen. So, you know, you sh 
You should not. This is not a situation of ambiguity and uncertainty. Businesses have to face a situation of ambiguity and uncertainty all the time, and so do individuals. When you face a situation of ambiguity and uncertainty, which is what we face all the time, we have no idea what the future will be like, you should not prepare for a super optimistic scenario like the CDC is preparing. That's not what you prepare for. You need to prepare for a realistic scenario. And the realistic scenario is that the virus will be it, it doesn't look like it's going to dissipate in the summer because some of the countries where it's spreading widely are pretty hot themselves. So that is not likely to dissipate by the summer. That means it will be around for at least the next several years until we mass produce vaccine. And if the vaccine is indeed a weak vaccine, it will be around through the rest of your life. So we, wow. are in, we are in a situation of a new normal. This is where we are. This is the new normal. This is how you have to think about it. You should not think about it in terms of an emergency. I've seen most businesses, most business leaders, the vast majority, approach this as though it's an emergency. It's not. Yeah. This is the new normal. So what you got to be doing if you are an individual, that's from a household, I mean, all business leaders are individuals, you have to prepare for, instead of preparing for two weeks of supplies, you need to prepare for a couple of months for supplies because realistically, if you get sick, the, you might take as long as six weeks to recover. And there might be quarantines in your area. Your area might be shut down. Get a couple of months of supplies instead of a couple of weeks. And be prepared to change a lot of your social interactions to virtual interactions with social distancing. And take care of your elderly relatives. Not simply elderly, people who are older adults, over 50. So prepare to take care of them. And if you are over 50 yourself, prepare to be especially isolated. So, you know, start, think about developing hobbies that don't rely on other people. And think about your entertainment. And be ready for the psychological effects of this. This will be tough. This will not be easy. So you got to be prepared for the psychological. That's kind of individuals. But for businesses, what a lot of people, business leaders, aren't thinking about is that you got to change your basic business model. Now, if your business model relies on face-to-face -face contact with people, you can't be thinking, okay, I'll hunker down for two weeks and everything will be fine after two weeks or even yeah. you know, a couple of months. This, is, this will last for several years at least. And if we're unlucky, it will last for the rest of our lifetimes. That means you got to be thinking about how to change your business model through the next because you're not your money will not be enough if you if you're thinking of a month you know your money might be enough in the bank but you got to be thinking about several years that means you need to change your basic business model so look at changing your bus basic business model to be more virtual in a engaging internally so your your staff has to be much more virtual than it is right now this is not a short term you know go to go home for a couple of weeks and like google and others are doing which is wise they're doing the right thing but what they got to be thinking about is not you know we'll we'll come back to the office in a couple of weeks but how can we per you know pretty permanently shift most of our workforce if not all of it to working at home. So what does that mean? That means you need to figure out right now, start investing before your competitors do and they take all the resources, start investing into a lot of resources for working from home. That means everything from Microsoft, I'm not being paid by Microsoft, but Microsoft <laughs> Teams is a good service. Zoom is a good service. So that's a competitor of Microsoft Teams. Google Docs, so Google can obviously, I, I assume Google will use that. But yes, yeah, so all of those things, whatever you're using, think about how you'll work from home 
think about the safety of your information. So right now, you know, IT is able to guarantee your safety through at the office. You got to be able to have just as good security at home. And that means you'll have to do a lot of work to protect your security because a lot of hackers will be using this as an opportunity to try to gain company information from everyone working at home. So you got to be thinking about these long-term consequences, how to protect everything when you work from home in the long term. And that's only internally. Externally, you got to be thinking about how to serve your customers, how to serve your customers virtually, much less face-to-face contact. You got to be thinking about how to change your business model to serve your customers externally. So that's kind of the business model aspects of things. You should also think about how are you going to change your networking? Now, a lot of business rely, all business relies on relationships. That's the fundamental way that business goes forward. Good relationships, good collaborations. How are you going to network? How are your leaders, staff, personnel going to network effectively if they're not going to go to meetings anymore, to conferences, to networking lunches? You got to help them and support them and train them on how to network effectively virtually. So there's got to be a lot of training on these topics. This is not something people are comfortable with. You need to be prepared for major disruptions to your supply chains because a lot of people in your supply chains will make the wrong move and they'll be preparing for an emergency instead of long-term changes to their business model, especially your service providers. Service providers are, by the nature of service provision, tend to be, a lot of it tends to be face-to-face. Your lawyers, your accountants, your management consultants, that's mainly a face-to-face business. And you'll have to change that to a virtual business. It'll, they will not be comfortable doing it. You will not be comfortable receiving it. You gotta be prepared for it. So. Also think about society that will undergo a lot of social norm changes. How can your business be best positioned for social norm changes? So if a lot of people are spending a lot more time at home, how can you provide, how can you effectively position yourself to support these people being at home? So think about, that's just one example of social norm changes. Now people will be, want many more board games, I don't know, for example, if you can be, <laughs> if you can be somehow in that market. But changing your business model is just an example. Think about the long-term changes however it might be relevant to your business model and how you can take advantage and seize market share with that situation and the reserve extra capital for unknown unknowns there's you know a lot of stuff that you don't know that will hit with COVID-19 that you won't be expecting just because it's such a new situation so you got to be prepared flexible and resilient for unknown unknowns you also need to be thinking about the competitors. Your competitors, by and large, will not be prepared as you are if you're now listening to this podcast and taking this (laughs) advice. They will not be prepared. They will be preparing for a short-term emergency. They won't be preparing for the long-term consequences of COVID-19. So by taking all of these steps early, you'll be positioned much better than your competitors. What does that mean? You need to be prepared to seize their market share. They will, will not be able to serve their clients nearly as well as you when you switch to more virtual service. So you can take advantage of that, seize their market share, and also consider that you know they'll be hobbled. Some might go bankrupt. Be prepared to hire good employees. Be prepared to you know, buy material resources of companies that are undergoing a fire sale because they listened to too highly optimistic official preparation guidelines. So be prepared for that. Seize the market share. So that's kind of what I want to share about the COVID-19 and how you need to be prepared for it. Oh, my gosh. I, I So th- this is great. Now, I have a question for you. So mm-hmm. we're sort of uh, in the middle of this thing. Like it, it would have been 
um, great if people could have been prepared for this, but we aren't. So, and we're sort of in the middle of this thing. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I hear that we're all working from, you know, I sent my staff home, we're set up to somewhat work virtually. Um, is there, like, I'd like to give them specific actions that they could take right now to start doing even one of these things so they'll feel more uh, empowered and a little bit more in control, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. what would you say? The main thing I would advise is looking at your strategic plan, which is right now completely off. Sorry to say that. <laughs> your so that's going to be the main thing that you want to look at because right, this is the biggest thing. If you're in the business leadership position, your main responsibility is the company strategy. So look at your strategic plan and you got to be changing your strategic plan. That is the most fundamental thing. The first thing you got to start thinking about. How will you change your strategic plan right now? A lot of companies, like I said, the vast majority of them are treating this as an emergency. They think it will pass. They think it will pass in a couple of months. We think we're in the middle of it. We're wrong. We are not in the middle of it. We're in the start of it. The situation will get much worse than before it gets better. And as it gets better, you know, there will be. So what will happen in the future? You know, right now, many restaurants are closed, shut down and so on in the future. Some of them will be reopened because it'll be really hard for people as case loads go down to for politicians to keep restaurants closed, to keep bars closed, to keep sports stadiums closed. But once they reopen, people will start getting sick again. And then there will be a cycle of them being closed again. So you have to be prepared for these cyclical cases, for these peaks and valleys to be happening. And you should not think that things are back to normal after the government says, okay, you know, we'll go back to, you know, playing, go back to the restaurants and bars. Things will get worse. So you need to be realistic about this and you need to be prepared for this long-term situation. You'll be much more prepared if you change your strategy right now and look at your business model right now, because part of the conversation as you're changing your strategy is changing your internal systems and operations for the long term, not just immediate short term and changing your so your delivery of your services, of your products to your customers in the long term. So look at your strategy. That's the first thing. Be realistic about this. Don't be wildly optimistic and understand that this is a huge long term change. That's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, do you think there is a difference in how small businesses should be dealing with this as opposed to major corporations or is it really the same across the board? It's the same across the board. The underlying principles are the same. So you want to be thinking about your strategy, your long-term strategy. The only difference is that it will be easier for small businesses to change their business model. They tend to be much more flexible than large corporations. So I'm large corporations can certainly do it. I mean, I've really admired Microsoft shift to software as a service much more than you know, selling their software in the last few years that they've been they've done really good at that. So I've been really quite impressed. But most large corporations do poorly at relatively quickly changing their business model. Small businesses are much better off with this. So they are much more nimble and they can find new market share 
niches easier and right now there will be a whole bunch of new niches created by people staying at home much more by people trying to get entertainment trying to stay engaged physically fit so to whatever extent you can serve that market considering it's a shift and there are going to be many companies that aren't serving this market this is something you need to be thinking about and understanding that this is going to be a long-term shift for at least the next several years so Think about that. Think about the kind of social norms that will be changed and how you can fill that gap that's left there where, where people clearly have strong demands. Yeah, this is so interesting. This morning I, I was in um, a meeting, virtually, in a meeting, and this is a lot of what we were talking about. It was needs are going to come up that didn't exist before or that existed, but on a much smaller scale. And so opportunities are going to be there and we need to be looking at things that way, you know, how, where, where are the needs now? Because they shift yeah. when things like yeah. this happen. Um, oh my gosh, I was going to ask you about this whole long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking about how, listen, you know, this could be going on for years, it could be going on for the rest of my li- our lifetime. It, it reminds me of polio. Mm-hmm. And that it, you know, it took a while and then there was a polio vaccine and then polio was eradicated. Mm-hmm. Is this, a, do you think this is along the same sort of lines? If we're lucky, if we're lucky, it will be, it will be something that can be eradicated by vaccines. Some coronaviruses, depending on which ones, some coronaviruses, you get, you have a vaccine that provides full immunity for the long term. Some coronaviruses, like the flu, are the vaccine is weak, it's about provides about 50% immunity, and it only lasts for a few months. So you need to get flu vaccines, something like twice every flu season, you know, once in October and once in January. So that's the ideal approach to the flu vaccine. And again, knowing that you can still get the flu because it's only about 50% effective. So if we are unlucky, the COVID-19 coronavirus will be in the flu category. That will be pretty sucky. If we are lucky, it's going to be like the polio, which several years after a major concerted effort was eradicated. But that's only if we're lucky. So, you know, you should not prepare for being lucky. You know, if we're lucky, that's great. That's wonderful. But you shouldn't be up. You shouldn't be optimistic. You should be realistic. And so you should prepare for this to be a very long term thing. And you'll you'll be one. It'll be wonderful if it's not right. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. But, you know, you shouldn't be in that wide category. Think think about all of your competitors who are right now thinking it's only going to be a couple of months, whereas in the luckiest scenario, it'll be only a couple of years. You know, in the luckiest yeah. scenario, this will be over by the end of 2023. That's the luckiest possible scenario out of all the possible scenarios, you know, without like, you know, some kind of deity snapping its hands and saying, you know, no more coronavirus, right? Well, that's so, not going to happen. So, right. So, so are, are, do you think the medical community, well, is it a disconnect between the medical community and the business community that the medical isn't thinking we, this is how we need to be talking about this? Or are they trying to keep people from being really fearful or just what's your sense? I, I don't, you know. Yes, the, the disconnect is between the medical community and the political community from the, ah. from the CDC guidelines. 
the if you look at what health experts are saying they're very clearly saying it will be around for the next several years if we're lucky and i'm i'm just reporting you know i'm a cognitive neuroscientist and behavioral economist so this is my area of expertise that's what my book never go with your gut is about yeah. and it talks about the best strategies for business leaders in order to avoid these dangerous judgment errors the medical community is not really falling into these dangerous judgment errors. They understand that it's going to be at least several years until this thing is potentially eradicated. And that's, again, several years, not several months, yeah. <laughs> several, not several weeks, like some people are thinking. But this will be at least several years until this is eradicated and really dealt with. And that's the optimistic scenario. That's That would be, right. you know, if we are the realistic scenario, you know, something more pessimistic would be would be that it's around for the rest of our lives. So we don't know which one it will be because we don't we don't have a vaccine. And therefore, we don't know how effective the vaccine will be. So that's the problem that we're dealing with. And if you look at what's happening in countries like Italy, where right now, I mean, the the area of Milan, you know, the northern Italy, it's yeah. about as developed as any major metropolitan area as New York, as Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco. It's more developed than my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. You know, Columbus is great and has about a million people, <laughs> but it's not as developed as the northern Italy area around Milan. And that area right now is on a wartime footing. And I mean wartime in terms of they're choosing who's going to die or not yeah. because they don't have enough tubes to intubate, although they don't have enough ventilators and uh, to in intubate all the patients who need it. So right now they're making a decision. They're saying, well, this patient has, you know, is younger and they have more time to live. So we're going to intubate, you know, uh, this patient over grandpa right there, you know, wow. <laughs> sucks for grandpa and sucks for grandma, but that's the reality <laughs> of the situation that they're dealing with. So we do not want to be in that situation. And you don't want to be in the situation of thinking that you're just going to be in a short term transition because that's the danger. So the under and the political leadership is, of course, not really desiring of communicating that to the, that the CDC tells the public how bad it actually is because that will cause the markets to go mm -hmm. down and in an election year that would cause that would greatly decrease the likelihood of the incumbent being elected because you know markets went down economy is bad so there's right. political reasons for the cdc to not be telling us the reality of the situation but if you look at the world health organization which is the un organization it's giving much more serious and clear prognosis that's the one that said it's a pandemic it's the one that says it has a fatality rate that it estimated at something like 3.4%, whereas the CDC is currently saying it's something like 1%. Yeah. So that, that one is actually giving much more accurate information based on the current evidence available. So you want to have this realistic perspective and not be preparing for the wildly optimistic scenario. Now, the book I, in the book, I talk about why we tend to be too optimistic about these problems. And that's because of the mental patterns in our brains that cause us to make really bad decisions when we follow our intuitions, our gut reactions. And they're called cognitive biases. You might have heard about cognitive biases. 
the, it's been out there in the media landscape, in the advice landscape. These are mental blind spots, dangerous judgment errors that we all tend to fall into just because of how our brain is wired. Now, the crucial thing to understand is that our brain is not wired for the modern world. It's wired evolutionarily for the hunter-gatherer society. When we were in the ancient savanna and living in small tribes of 15 people to 150 people. So our primary threat response in from that environment is called the fight or flight response. So known as a saber-toothed tiger response. It's where you, know, where you jump at 100 shadows in order to get away from that one saber-toothed tiger or to fight an attacking tribal member. So the fight or flight response was wonderful for the Savannah environment where the threats were intense and immediate. That was what our ancestors had to face. They didn't care about COVID-19. They didn't have, you know, <laughs> transmissible communal diseases coming from, you know, everyone around them. There were small isolated tribes. That's not how diseases were transmitted. So in our current environment, we have to worry about very, very different concerns. We have to deal with the disruptions caused by slow-moving train wrecks like COVID-19. There was no slow-moving slow train wreck equivalent in the Savannah environment. So our ancestors weren't equipped with their gut reactions, with their intuitions to deal with it. And that results in really specific cognitive biases that cause us to make bad decisions. One is called the normalcy bias. It causes us to assume that the immediate future, short-term, medium-term future, will be like the immediate past. And so we evaluate the immediate future by the immediate past, and we, as a result, really underestimate the likelihood of serious disruptions occurring and their impact if it does. So right now, a lot of people are not thinking that the COVID-19 is a serious dis disruption. They're, they're, they're thinking, well, whatever, it'll pass very quickly because of this. They're uncomfortable with believing that the immediate future will be very different than the past. It takes a lot of effort, mental effort, to think that, hey, we're in a new normal right now. This is really a different situation. So that's very hard. So that's one. Another one is called the planning fallacy. We naturally are very confident about ourselves. We think we're great people and we think that our plans will go according to plan. This is very bad because it causes us <laughs> not to prepare for various contingencies, problems, risks, both predictable ones and unknown unknowns, which you might have heard as black swans or major predictable problems, which you know are called gray rhinos. So we're not prepared for that. So we that's why I said that the first thing that businesses should do is look at their strategic plans. Business leaders need to look at their strategic plans and change those strategic plans because they're likely not changing them. And when you have a conversation, a thorough conversation about changing your strategic plan, you realize that there's so many things that you actually need to change about the internal operations of the business and its external service delivery, the business model, that that will be the thing that will help you really make those shifts that you need to do. So that's the planning fallacy. And finally, we have a very unfortunate tendency to prioritize the short term and really undercount the importance of medium and long term outcomes. It's called hyperbolic discounting. And this is very natural. In the Savannah environment, people didn't really need to think about the long term. They couldn't really invest into, you know, if you killed a mammoth, you couldn't freeze the meat. <laughs> you couldn't invest in resources. So you didn't need to think about the long term. You couldn't improve your skills. You couldn't have professional development. You know, you couldn't really improve your skills in axe chipping, you know. <laughs> so right now, we have much more concerns. We can invest our money. We can have professional development. We can develop our career. 
but it's very not intuitive to go and think about the long term for us. So this is why these three errors especially are bad right now in the current environment of COVID-19. The normalcy bias, the planning fallacy, and hyperbolic discounting. Wow. It makes so much sense when you say it, and I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate you explaining all of that, because I think when people, I, I think the, the, this huge takeaway for me is that we are trying to live in a world that our brains are not um, developed for. Mm -hmm. and, and so, which is just so interesting. And I guess my question for you is, so if we are aware of that, so let's say now I am aware of this, mm -hmm. is that awareness going to make it possible for me to shift some of those biases or just learn to own them and pay attention to them when I'm doing strategic planning in my business? Well, it'll enable you to do as much as uh, it does for you to know that you need to eat healthy food instead of donuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Darn it, yeah. Yes, well, and this is an example. I use this example because it's actually very realistic. In the Savannah environment, we needed to eat as much sugar as possible when we came across a source of sugar. So, you know, if we chased away some bees and got some honey, forgot some, uh, you know, came across some ripe apples, some ripe bananas, we needed to eat as much of it as possible to survive. We're the descendants of all of those who were able to stuff their faces with honey and apples and so on, who were able to have their fight or flight response because the ones who didn't, didn't survive. So we are the descendants of those. Now, right now in the modern world, those impulses serve us very badly. The fight or flight response, in the, you should never use the fight or flight response in business situations. Yeah. Yes, if you have a business, if you have a truck you know, speeding at you, definitely use the fight or flight response. <laughs> don't think about it but in business situations you have the time to think for a few minutes at least about any decisions and you have the time and the responsibility to make long-term decisions similarly for your health you should not eat a box of dozen donuts <laughs> staring at you now it's very tempting it's very i mean i know that yeah. you know you, you know, one donut is okay, two donuts, maybe. You got to stop at the third donut. <laughs> but it's very hard to stop at the third donut because we get boxes of dozen donuts because, the, of course, the donut company wants us to buy as many donuts right. as possible. That's why it sells them in dozens, you know, instead of one and two or two, which is what you should be eating. So just as hard as it is to resist your, from eating that dozen donuts, it's just as hard to resist from falling into other cognitive biases. One is about physical fitness, where you're becoming more physically fit by addressing the unfortunate temptations, the comfort, the intuition, the gut reaction to eat a dozen donuts. Similarly, you need to become mentally fit by addressing the temptation to fall into all of these cognitive biases, like this short-term reactionism, the fight or flight response in response to the COVID-19 threat or any other threats, the planning fallacy where we tend to assume that our plans will go according to plan, don't put in enough resources for risks and contingencies don't think about what can go wrong and address it the hyperbolic discounting where we tend to very much care about the short term and really undercount the long-term consequences of our actions so it's just as hard and just as easy in that way because if you know that you need to to not eat the dozen donuts then you can make certain choices about how many donuts you buy or 
whether you buy donuts at all, then you can make certain choices about how you engage with strategic planning. And my book, Never Go With Your Gut, How Pioneering Leaders Make the Best Decisions and Avoid Business Disasters, goes in much more depth into how exactly and specifically you can institute policies in your organization, or if you're a solopreneur for yourself as an individual, or of course for your small business, for whatever, all sorts of sizes of businesses, for how you can institute policies and strategies to make everyone more aware of these cognitive biases, just like they're aware that they shouldn't be eating a dozen donuts, although some people still do. <laughs> you And what are the strategies to actually address them effectively? Because there are many strategies that you can use to effectively address these dangerous judgment errors, but you've got to be aware of them and implementing these strategies. Okay. So how, where can people find your book? Because boy, if they ever needed it, it's now. <laughs> well, fortunately, it's been published by a great traditional business publisher called Career Press. So it's available in bookstores everywhere, of course, Barnes & Noble, your indie bookstores, university bookstores, and online on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com, of course. And it's available as an audiobook, so check out Audible. You also want to check out my resources on disasteravoidanceexperts.com. So again, I have videos, blogs, podcasts, decision aids, guides, manuals, services like consulting, coaching, training, speaking. Of course, a number of my training and speaking engagements have been canceled recently. <laughs> I'm doing a lot. Yes, yep. I'm doing a lot on webinars and uh, video training. Yeah. You also especially want to check out disasteravoidanceexperts.com forward slash subscribe. There's a free eight video-based module course. So eight modules video-based on making the wisest decisions, wise decision-maker course. Again, disasteravoidanceexperts.com forward slash subscribe. And finally, I'm very available on LinkedIn. So connect with me there. If you have any questions about anything I said on the show, shoot me a message. I'll be happy to answer them. Dr. Gleb Tsipursky, G-L-E-B-T-S-I-P-U-R-S-K-Y. Fabulous. Gleb, I got to tell you, I know, you know, people don't know that you and I have been trying to get a podcast uh, recording scheduled and my schedule has <laughs> been a little screwy. Uh, but boy, perfect timing, like things really happen is. for a reason, right? <laughs> and and then, <laughs> this is exactly what we need right now. And I am going to be um, posting this today. Excellent. So, you know, usually uh, it's, it's a month ahead, but we all need this now. I'm going to go ahead and post it today. Folks, uh, take a deep breath. Listen to this maybe a couple of times. Reach it. Find Glad, you know, uh, connect with them on LinkedIn. Go to the websites. Get the book. Empower your business. Really embrace this idea that, you know, we need to be thinking differently. Um, especially given the situation we're in it and go for the long term, right? Don't think that this is a short term kind of thing because it's not. And you know what, if it ends up being one, you'll still be way ahead. So you, you can't lose with um, making the decision to be prepared. Uh, as always, continue to prosper and be curious. I know you can. And, uh, you know, we will be back around to our regular programming, I believe, even later this week. But for now, um, we can do this. We got to make the decision to do it. We got to own what our challenges and limitations are uh, and, and reach out to the experts and resources like uh, Gleb Sapersky and get the information that we need so we can do better things in our businesses. So, Gleb, thank you again so much. 
Well, thank you so much for having me, Dan, and I appreciate your kind words. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you. Hang in there, guys. If there's, you know, any way I can help you out, let me know. Uh, and for now, until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.